Shepherd boy David said, Thy word have I hid in mine heart. Thy word have I hid. I hid. I hid the word of God in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so I was taught over 40 years ago the value of God's word. I got it. It stuck with me. I've lived my whole life. I've planned my life. Not around church, but around the word of God. But the best place to hear the word of God is in church. And so I don't come to church because it's a religious thing to do or it's a good thing to do or it makes me feel better. All those things are true. It is a good thing to do. And, you know, if you want to call it religion, it is a right religion thing to do. It does make you feel good because when the word of God is coming into your heart, it's helping you to have a guard against sin. I'm doing better preach than you are shouting. Get excited about this again. How, how many here besides me still have to resist sin no matter how long you've been saved? Amen. And so anyway, I was taught over 40 years ago the value of God's word. It's stuck, and it's never strayed from me, and I've never strayed from it. I've stuck with the word. I've planned my vacations around the word. I've planned my day around God's word. I've planned my week around God's word. And so anyway, I want you to think about this, the value of God's word. Jesus, uh, David said, I've hid God's word in a safe place in my heart. And so we only hide things that are valuable to us. How many, if you can, like to lock your nice car in your garage? If you can't do that, why? It's because it's valuable to you. How many would you go out in public and park your car in a, in a, in a public parking lot don't leave your windows down and your valuables on the seat. Just say, hey, thief, come and get it. You lock your car up. If you're like us, if you, got, if you just bought something and you can, you'll either lock it in the trunk or you'll put it under the seat when you go in because you don't want somebody to see it. You hide your valuables. And so we're talking about the value of God's word. And David said, I've learned what value of God's word is God's word will help me to say no to sin. And so he said, I'm going to hide it. And you know, uh, why do we hide things? If it was in a perfect world, you wouldn't have to lock your gate, lock your house doors, lock your car doors. Why do we hide things and lock doors? Because there's thieves. Listen to what I'm telling you. We only hide things because there's thieves. The book of Revelation tells us in heaven, the gates are never closed. There's no thief in heaven. We don't have to lock the gates in heaven. And if we had no thieves in our city, you wouldn't have to lock your car. You just leave everything out in the open. Well, look at John chapter 10, verse 10. Amen. John 10, verse 10. David said he hid the word in his heart. And you only hide things when there's thieves around. I'll tell you what, before this night's over with, you're going to be jumping up and down out of those seats. Amen. John 10.10, Jesus said, what's those first two words? The thief. Wow. In the natural world, there's thieves. In the spiritual world, there's a thief. Says the thief cometh not before to steal. Is that what thieves do? They steal. What did David hide from the thief? 
The Word of God. Why did he hide the Word of God? Because the thief wants to steal the Word from your life. The thief cometh not before to steal, kill, and destroy. And of course, Jesus come for us to have and enjoy life. And the Amplified Bible says, to have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. He wants our families blessed. He wants our jobs blessed. And of course, we all know about our city. What is Barstow? Blessed. He wants Barstow blessed. And the Word of God will make Barstow blessed. We'll look at those things tonight. But anyway, the whole thing is, we only hide things when there's a thief. And the thief, the thief only steals things that are valuable. You know, the thief's not going to come in and steal your old clothes. He's not going to come in and go through your trash can, I don't think, and try to find out what kind of garbage you got. He's going to come in and take something that's valuable. And so David said, I found out God's word is valuable, so I'm going to hide it. I don't want the thief to get it. And so we hide things that are valuable to us. Uh, we, we, we hide money. We hide jewelry. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things we want to hide because we want to be able to keep them. And so we don't want the thief to steal what's valuable to us. And so I want to say this. The thief is always watching. He's always looking for an opening. And, you know, I, 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 I've seen somewhere before, on some of those different shows you see on TV sometimes, tell about car thieves. Car thieves will go through a parking lot, see if any doors are unlocked on the cars in the parking lot. They'll look in to see if keys are in the ignition. And it seemed like I read one time that the majority of cars that are stolen in America is because somebody left the keys in the ignition. The majority of Christians that backslide because they left the door unlocked to their heart. And the thief looked for an opening to see, do they have the word of their heart? Are they going to church and hearing the word? Are they getting sucked back into life and their guards down? Thieves don't just show up randomly. If you ever see those reality shows and things like that, thieves look around for nice houses, nice cars. They watch people go in and out so they know their habits. They find out what kind of alarm systems people have in nice neighborhoods. They look what people do when they come, when they go. They used to watch for things like newspapers backing up on a porch to see if somebody had been going on vacation for a few days, see if there's newspapers piling up etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because they're studying to look for an opening so they can come in and make it easy, easy snatch and get away. And so Satan is watching believers. And, you know, uh, every, you know, not everybody, but a lot of believers today have to look at the thing on their, the Bible on their phone, on iPads and all kinds of things like that. But Satan, back in the old days when people actually carried Bibles all the time, He'd watch your car and see your Bible lay on the back on the back dashboard from Sunday to Sunday, and then you didn't see your Bible again till next week, or you had to dig through the bedroom and find out where's it at. It was under a pile of clothes when you come home from church last Sunday. Well, that was six days ago. And the thief thinks, well, they haven't looked at their Bible since they was in church last Sunday. I've got an opening. And so, if you if you're married, you got got a decent marriage, you think, well, I'll throw in a little strife. I'll try to break up this home. Amen. I'll throw a little pain in the body. See if I can get a sickness in on them. 
I'll get one of their old drinking buddies to show up randomly and say, oh, come on, you can drink just one. You're not that holy. You're not that religious. You can have just one with me. Are you too good to drink a beer with me? He saw an opening. The Bible's laid dormant and hasn't been looked at for days. He thinks, wow, they let the doors unlocked. Man, I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. And so I want to look at Mark chapter 4, and then we'll look at some other things. But anyway, you know, I'll give you a homework assignment. A lot of you already know the parable of the sower, soweth the word in Mark chapter 4. But write, write these down for your notes. Mark chapter 4, verses 2 through 20. I'm not going to look at all of them, all those verses. But in Mark chapter 4, Jesus taught us a parable comparing planting seed in a field or seed in a garden that the, that the word of God is like a natural seed. You plant a seed, the seed will reproduce. Then when you plant a seed, if you don't treat the seed right, it won't. Number one, you've got to plant it in good soil. And Jesus said that our heart is God's soil. And so that's where David said, I'm going to hide the word in the soil, the seed in the soil. And so Jesus told us here in Mark chapter 4 that our heart is God's soil, God's word is the seed, and we need to plant seeds of healing in our heart. We need to plant seeds of financial provision in our heart. We need to plant seeds of love from the Word of God in our heart. You can't really love people, especially in the world we live in today, without it being God's love coming ripe and harvested in your heart. And so anyway, he said, God's seed is God's Word, and it goes into our heart. And then he told us, if you're going to have a good field or a good crop, you can understand this, you've got to water it. If you don't have rain or if you don't irrigate, no matter how good the seed is and how good the soil is, it won't grow. And then what I found out, especially uh, since my wife and I, I don't won't put it all on my wife, since my wife and I have a nice little farm out in Newberry Springs now, I found out that it doesn't take anything at all to grow the biggest, most luscious tumbleweeds you could ever imagine. They just happen. They're a curse. They're no good. And so we have to nonstop pretty much every day. We're pulling tumbleweeds, pulling weeds before they get big. Because they get big, they choke out our pistachio orchard and other things. We have to work at it. And so Jesus in this parable tells us that weeds come up and choke out our crop. And if you don't take care of the weeds, you lose the harvest. Amen. Amen. And so we have to we have to we have to plant seed, have to pull weeds, have to get water and things to the seed for it to grow, and then we have to stay on top of it every day, every day, every day until harvest time. And that's what our life's like. And so anyway, in this parable I want to look at just a couple things, and then I want to want to do some things to help it. I want you to look at verse thirteen. Verse 13, Mark 4, verse 13. Jesus said unto them, Know ye not this parable? How then will you know all parables? And so Jesus, in a parable, by way of parable, is a natural illustration to help us understand a spiritual truth. God wants us to understand spiritual things, so he gives us natural illustrations we can identify with, then we understand the spiritual. And so Jesus said, If you understand this parable you'll understand the Bible. You'll understand life. It all revolves around seed time and harvest. And in a Christian's life, the most important thing in a Christian's life 
is to plan their life around the seed of the Word of God, to cultivate that crop, to pull the weeds up, to keep it watered with prayer, etc., etc. So he said, if you understand this, then you're going to be able to understand uh, the principles of the Word of God. And so I want you to notice that down in verse 17, I'm just going to look at just a, a couple things here, but you need to study this chapter at home over and over, just really two or three times a year at least. You need to go back and read this again and refresh yourself. And so verse 17, talking about people that have a hard heart and don't cultivate their spiritual lives by going to church, praying, the worship of the Lord and things like that to keep their hearts soft and tender, says they have no root in themselves. You ever heard the phrase, rooted and grounded in the word? That's where it comes from. You need to be rooted and grounded in the word. And so they endure 